This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, turn with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 6. And we will conclude on my portion of the teaching today around God's purpose for the family Commanding your children in their generations. Again, commanding your children in their generations. And in Genesis chapter 6, our foundational scripture, starting at verse number 8, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Sham, Ham and Japheth. And here's the thing that's, uh, that amazes me when I think about uh, this passage of Scripture, when I think about how God does things when it comes to children. Be in mind, be mindful, right? Children are not an accident. In other words, having a child is this, for you it may be an oops situation. Uh, oops, in other words, you weren't prepared and didn't know that child was coming, but God knew. God was already prepared for that child to be here. And that's why you must stay on God's plan and His order. Because with God, there are no accidents. Regardless of the situation of surrounding the birth of that child, surrounding the pregnancy of that child, again, God, in God's view, there is no accidents. Right? And so we want to make sure as parents, we don't treat our children as they were an accident. That they were an oops. Because children pick up on that. Children, are, children will realize real quickly whether their parents were prepared for that child to be there or whether it was one of those oops situations we didn't even know you were coming. Right? Children will, will pick up on that and see that based on a parent's attitude. But for God... Never say God has any, any accidents. He does not. Everything God does is on plan and on purpose. God is a generational God. And so your child is here on purpose. That's why these teachings are so important. And this, this is my little portion of the teaching. But all the teachings we've had around the, God's purpose for the family is make sure that you know what it is so you can pass it down to your children. So again, for, for this uh, passage of Scripture, we see that generation is a time... When, in, in which you live in. So always understand, the generation is talking about the time that you live in, and your generations first start with you then. That means then your children. So when it says here that Noah and his was perfect in his generations, again, he's talking about his time period when he lived. And he had to pass that down to his children. And then his children has a responsibility to pass it down to their children. See, from generation to generation, they're going to know God. And you have to teach your children that they are valuable and they have value with God. Again, my statement before, you know, if you understand that your child is not an accident, right, then that means your child has value. Your, your child has value when it comes to God and the purpose of God upon their life, right? And so you've got to make sure as parents, you have to know what God's purpose is for your life so you can pass on God's purpose for your child's life. So Noah was perfect in his generation. And we talked about this perfection, right? The word perfect means complete, that that means him, him who is, or the, uh, he who is entirely in accord with truth. That means Noah aligned himself with truth. When you say you're perfect, you're complete, I mean I've aligned myself with truth. And we say truth is based on the word of God. And what God has revealed to you is what you're walking in. That's how you know that you've been complete. That's how you know you're perfect. The truth that God has revealed to you, are you walking in it? If you're walking in it, then you can say that I am perfect. I am complete in God. But if God revealed things to you and you're not walking in it, then you're not complete. 
So you have to walk in what God has revealed to you. And God's only going to reveal to you based on His Word, and that Word is going to be truth. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Because he walked with God and what was revealed to him. That's why he was perfect in his generation. And so we said here before that, that's why parents, stop making excuses to your children about, about the choices that you've made. About why you're not walking with God and being perfect in your generation. Stop lying to your children. Right? In other words, your life is a sum total of all the choices, decisions that you made. You know, stop blaming others for, for how come you don't have this in your life. How come you hadn't achieved that in your life. How come you're not where you thought you would be at in a certain age of your life. Right? That, that's because it's all based on the sum choices you make. If you go back and look at your life, or you go back at the situation, and matter of fact, sometimes it's good to go talk to your parents, right? Because your parents remind you of where your mentality was back in those days. Back when you were in school. Right? Back when you were in college. Back when you were making those choices about who to date, who to marry. Right? You, you, your parents will show you, like, you know, so your mindset was totally wrong then. Because I know over a period of time, you know, we forget things. Over a period of time, we act like we were much better than we really were. We were out of line, and, 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 but we still made the choice. Right? And so now your life is a sum choice of all the decisions that you make. It's you. And so now with your children, you've got to own up to that. Own up to your rebellion. Own up, own up to your stubbornness. Own up to, to you being the one that's unwilling to change. And now you have to make the correction in your life, make the change in your life, and pass on the covenant of God to your children. Because now you're a parent. And God has expectations for you to command your children in their generation. So how was Noah perfect in his generation? Go back again to verse, read this again in verse number 9. It says, And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Two ways that we see here that Noah was perfect in his generation. He was first just. And then next, he walked with God. I, mean, I love that. Because you know, a lot of times in our, in our minds, our justification that we have, but, but where is the action to what we say we're justified with? Noah walked with God. Noah was just. And just, we said, is someone who's conformed to an ethical standard and a moral standard established by God's word, which is true. That's what it means to be just. That means Noah had a standard. And he had an ethical standard and he had a moral standard. And his standard was, was based on God's word, which is truth. So we, in our lifetime, we may have a standard that we're living by, but is that standard based on God's standard? Or is it based on your standard? Is it based on the cultural standard? Is it based on society's standard? Then that doesn't make you just. What makes you just is my standard, my ethical standard, my moral standard is based on God's word. That's why I'm just. Right? And so that's why it's so important. You know, people have views about, about their own, about these words and, and how they define words or how they live. But if your, your perception or your, your perspective is not based on God's word, then you're, you're in error. You're wrong. And, and, I, and you see this all the time because you, you can justify things in your own mind. But if, it, if it's not based on God's standard, then you're wrong. Right? And so you have to understand that. Right? You're wrong. God's not wrong. You're wrong. So your justification is I have to be based on God's word, which is true. And so we talked about an ethical standard. An ethical standard is a standard that's consistent behavior in your beliefs that align with your actions. That means what you say you will do. You're not a hypocrite. Right? And then we talk about the moral standard. The moral standard is consistent behavior with what is right and what is wrong. It's consistent behavior of what is acceptable 
and what is not acceptable. And God's word tells us what is right and what is wrong. God's word tells us what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. That means me as a parent, I must understand what God's word says so that I can pass that on to my children and teach them the standard of what is right, what is wrong, what is acceptable, and what is not acceptable. See, in other words, these things, if you don't have it as parents, that's why I said you have to first be perfect in your generation. Yeah, you, that means you first have to align yourself with God's truth. That means you should be a living example of the standard of God. You know, words, your children should see you with God's standard knowing what is right, what is wrong, what is acceptable, and what is not acceptable. Your children should see that in your life. Right? And then you have the responsibility to teach, to train, to show your children, to demonstrate to your children these ethical standards and these moral standards based on God. If you do not, then that's what brings confusion in your home. Your, your child sees mixed messages in the home. You know, sometimes uh, you, you, have a, uh, you act like you, that the things of God are the most important thing. Then sometimes the things of God are not the most important thing. You know, sometimes you, you know what you are, what you say you are, but sometimes you're, you're a hypocrite. And your child sees that. Because in a lot of people's minds, a lot of people's cases, you know, they, they look at what is right and what is wrong. You know, how do you know what's right? How do you know what's wrong? If you don't know God's word, then you will miss this. Because we're in an ever-changing time. And if you go by what the times are saying in these days and age, you will change what is right and what is wrong. If you go back even 10, 20 years ago, what we thought was wrong then now becomes right. And what we thought was right then is now wrong. Just on society itself. Right? And, but God's word is truth. And truth never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's why we have to stay with truth. We have to stay with God's word. And that's why we have to make sure our children know what God's word says. So they always know what is right, what is wrong, what is acceptable, and not acceptable. And we're going to embrace it for ourselves. God's truth becomes our truth. Right? And that's why it's so important. You know, these things are more than just a saying. It has to become who you are. The word of God and, 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 the, and the behavior, the consistency of, of, of the pattern of what is right and what is, what is wrong should be your lifestyle. It should be your conduct. It should be your mode of operations. And so, parents, you must teach your children these standards. And you must be consistent in teaching them the standard. You cannot have a mixed message. Your message should always be consistent. So we talked about that, what it means to be just. And then we looked at what it means to walk with God. Because again, like I said, this is how you're perfect. You first got to be just. Conform yourself to the standards and, <clears throat> and, and moral, uh, ethical and moral standards based on God's word. And then you have to walk with God. And we said to be able to walk with God means that you are continually pursuing following after God. That means I have a constant pursuit after God. I'm following after God. That's my walk. It's a pursuit. That means I'm not stagnant. I'm not staying still. I'm always following after God. Always. So my, my life should, so you think about your life. You think about, you know, there may be times in your life where you walk with God and times in, God when you, times in your life where you are not walking with God and you can see the difference. And your children can tell you the difference. They know when you were committed to the things of God and they know the time in your life when you were not committed to the things of God, when you committed to what you wanted to do. And that impacted the lives of your children. 
Matter of fact, there are so many distractions. And, we, and again, I hope you're hearing all these live streams, like on Wednesday night, we're hearing about distractions. How distractions can take you off the purpose of God. And that's what they're designed to do. Distractions are designed to take you away from the will of God and, and align yourself up with your will. That's a distraction. And, and again, we learn most people don't even know they're distracted. You need an interruption, something to happen to interrupt your, your ordinary course of life to let you know that, you know something, you are distracted. But if I'm, if I'm walking with God, I am not distracted. I am focused. I'm focused on the, on the goal. And my pursuit is after God. And so a man who continues to pursue following after God, God will keep this man. And what I mean, God will keep this man, God will keep this man informed of his activities on the earth because this man has determination to keep his family with God long after he's gone. And that's how strong your teaching has to be. Your teaching of your children has to be so strong that even when you're no longer here on this earth, your children still hear your voice. They still hear your commandments. They still hear, and what they mean by they hear your commandments, they still hear the, the standard of God in their life. It's got to be that impactful. So that's why you can't waste time. How strong a teaching you have to, to give to your children, provide for your children, so that when you're no longer physically here, that they're still obeying you. And me obeying you, obeying God's standard, because they've heard God coming from you. They've seen God's standard coming from you. And so last time we looked at Abraham, and we're going to go ahead and start there too. Let's just turn to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18. And we're going to look at this man, Abraham. Again, Abraham is a descendant of Noah. Genesis 18, starting in verse number 17, it says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. You see the testimony God has about this man. Right? That he said, God said, I know him. Right? And what do he know about him? That he will command his children and his household after him. And he did not only just command them, but he's going to command them in justice and judgment. That means Noah's going to teach his children the ways of the Lord. And we, we looked at this last time. We talked about in Proverbs 22 and, and 6. It talks about train up the child in the ways they should go. When they are old, they won't depart from it. And the ways they should go is in the way towards truth. So you have to teach your child to go in the way of truth. And truth is only found in Christ Jesus. See, we're not going to hear debate about because in our mind we may think we know what truth is. No, truth is in Jesus. He alone is the truth. That's what he said. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other way to the Father but by me. He is the truth. Truth is found in Christ Jesus. He's it. And so if you're teaching your children what truth is and it's not based on Jesus Christ, it's not true. What does that mean? That means it's going to change. And your children will see that. Children will say, well, you know, Dad, Mom, you told me about truth, but, but you know, that truth was back in your day. But in my day, it's different now. No, and, and, and the same truth that was in my day is the same truth in your day, son. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's why you have to stay with Jesus. He is the truth. 
But we learn this about this man, Abraham. God said, he's going to command his children after him. He's going to command them. Right? And this word command, let's go ahead and define command, because I don't think we define this word command. Command means the arrangement or disposition of people or things in relation to each other according to a particular method, and that method is God's method. Again, a command is the arrangement or disposition of people or things in relation to each other according to a particular method, and that method is God's, that method is God's method. It's an authoritative direction or instruction to be made to or supplied to. You get that? It's an authoritative direction. It's an authoritative instruction. That means when you give someone a commandment, that is not a suggestion. This is the arrangement. This is disposition. This is exactly what you should do. And the commandment comes with all the details. What do I mean by the details? You may not understand all the details, but the commandment, in the commandment you give your child, comes all the details for them to accomplish what you told them to do. And so that's what I mean by you have to command your children this time. You know, in other words, in the commandment there's no gray area. Right, you know, and here's here's a classic example, right? You know, for for parents that are that have teenagers in their homes, right? You know, one thing that teenagers hate to do is clean their room, right? Most teenagers hate to clean their room, and and let me say it differently, most teenagers the, the, for them to clean their room, their definition of clean is usually different than the definition of clean that, that the parents have. See, clean for them is that when you walk in the room, you won't see anything; is everything is a straight line. But then you go look under the bed, that's where all the clothes are, all the shoes are. You go look in the closet, they don't throw everything in the closet. See, the room is not clean. Just because my side of line is like, I've seen everything clean, the bed is made up, that doesn't mean that the room is clean. Let's look under the bed. What's all that underneath that bed? Well, you got drink cans underneath there, you got water bottles underneath there, you got plates. The room is not clean. Let's go look in your closet. All right, look on the shelves. You got stuff stacked up everywhere, that, that means that room is not clean. Right? And if you got floors or you got carpet, okay, we need to come in here and, and vacuum the floor. We need to shampoo the carpet. We need, you know, that's cleaning the room. You know, in their mind, they said, as long as I can see my TV and, and play my Xbox or whatever games they're going to do, then the room is clean. No. But see, that's what I mean by commanding your children. When you tell your children to clean their room, you need to let them know what clean means. And if clean is not based on their definition. It's based on you as a parent. That means you got to guess what? That means you got to first go in there and clean with them. You got to show them what a clean room looks like, right? And, and, and again, maybe you know nowadays, age, you know everybody got cell phones. At least we can take a picture of it. You can take a picture of a clean room and then put it in their room. This is how this room should look. So when I walk in here, I want to see the exact picture that I show you here. That's what I want to see when I walk into this room. You know, that's why you know I, I remember dealing with my sons and in, in, in a time and. I remember the time we had certain, you know, vehicles we had, and, and I, I wanted to show them. I said, you know what a clean vehicle looks like? It looks just like this. See, this is my vehicle that, that I'm letting you drive, and it's clean. Look at it now. So when that means whenever I get in this vehicle, this is a clean vehicle, right? There's no stains nowhere. There's no crumbs nowhere. There's no fries underneath the seat. There's, there's nothing. There. You don't eat in my vehicle, right? You know, that's clean, right? And even the music in my vehicle is clean. Right? You know, I pop out back there, you know, we have CDs, you know, pop out the CDs. If anything in there that's not clean, guess what? It's going out the window. That's a frisbee to me. We throw it out the window. Everything in my vehicle, I'm showing you what clean is. Because you don't understand it. I, I don't assume you know what clean is. See, that's commanding your children. You're not leaving any doubt on any gray area what clean is. 
That's commanding them. You, you've given them the arrangement, you've given them the disposition, and you've shown them exactly what God's method is. That's a commandment. Right? And as parents, we must command our children in, this, in, this, in their generations. You've got to command them. And this is the thing I was looking at. This is the thing that really amazed me, right? When I looked at the commandments of God. Commandments is different than raising. In other words, a lot of parents say, well, I raised my children in church. Or I raised my children. Right? But did you command them in the Lord? Right? There's a difference. And what I mean there's a difference. We look at this when it said, you have raised your children. The word raise means to establish or to stand up. So that means you have established them. When you say, I've raised my children in church, or they've been raised in church, that means you have established them in church. Right? You stand them up in church. They know all the, the, the trappings around church. In other words, they come to a church service, they know exactly what our, how, how the organization is flowed, they know exactly what's going to happen, but that doesn't mean they, they know the Lord. See, raising children will, will produce religious children. But commanding children will produce children a conviction towards God. So when I've, when I've commanded my children, I'm teaching my children how to serve the Lord. And serving the Lord starts with their heart. So when I command them, I'm dealing with their heart. That's why going back to my example about cleaning. That's why a lot of, you know, children don't want to clean because it's a heart issue. Because in their mind, they got other things they want to focus on. Their heart is towards their games, towards their, their, their uh, Xbox, or towards their phones. Their, mind, their heart is towards, some, their desires is towards something else. You have to change their heart. And that's why I like commanding them, we'll deal with their heart. You're going to learn obedience. Even if it starts out being forced obedience, we're going to deal with your heart. But raising them, you're just showing them the outward appearance, how things should flow. But you're not dealing with their heart. See, be careful when you say, I'm raising my children versus I'm commanding them. You have to command them. And here's a classic example. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Let me give you an example of those children that are raised religious, but versus those that are commanded. Matthew chapter 7. This is going to be a familiar passage of Scripture for most of us. Matthew 7, starting at verse 21. And again, think about the context we're talking about, raising your children. It says, uh, Matthew 7, verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you read this passage of Scripture, you, there's subtleties here if you may miss it completely. There's a difference that, that God, the Lord Jesus, because in red, that means Jesus is speaking. There's a difference that he's saying in this passage of Scripture. I'm going to read it again. Catch it. He said, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. See, a lot of your children, they say all the right things. But they're not doing it based on the will of the Father. See, that's the difference between raising a child. You raise your child, they can say all the right things. Your child may even quote some scriptures. Again, your child may know how to perform religiously in a, in a religious service. But that doesn't mean you have commanded them. When you command your child, they will do it based on the will of God. 
That means they have an inward conviction for God. They've learned how to serve God. From their motivation is inward, not outward. That's how you see a lot of times you wonder with your children when they're, when they're young, they're, they're seem like they're on fire for the things of God. But as they get older, teenagers, young adults, they step away from God. You're like, wait a minute, you was raised in church. He said, yeah, that's right, I was only raised. But you never commanded me. They can walk away from it. Right? Because they said all the right things, but their heart was never changed. But if you've got to do the will of God, doing the will of God will, will change your heart. Because now I'm all about God and what He wants. That's the difference in commanding my children. I am about what God wants. I'm going after Him. I'm not doing it to please my parents. I'm doing it to please God. My service to God is to please God. My service to God is not to please my parents. See, that's the transformation. That's the transition that your child has to make. Again, your child will start off doing things to please you, but they've got to get to a place where they're doing things now to please God. They'll walk, and again, like I said before, you're going to pass on to, pass on to your children the covenant of God, but your children are going to have to walk with God. That means you cannot walk with God for your children. They will have to walk with God. You can't walk with God for them. They're going to have to walk with God. But you've got to pass on the covenant to them. And the walking with God is them doing the will of God. It's more than the outward trappings. It's more than the outward appearances. It's more than just showing up to church. But are they walking with God? Because they can come into a church building and they can even listen to a live stream. They can quote things that are being said. They may know all these passages of scriptures. But when they walk out of here, are they serving God? Is their conviction in their life says that they are serving God? You'll find out. You, you will, I'm telling you something. You will know a lot about your children as they get older. Right? You know, what, what they really have gravitated to. And especially, I'm going to tell you, especially it, it really comes out in the dating years. Who your child dates and how they date will show you a lot about where their conviction is towards God. It will show you. Because on the outward appearance, you know, you can put on all the holy out garments, but inwardly, you, hey, you out there doing things you should not be doing. But in the outward trappings, you look like you are just as holy as all the other children, right? But, but inwardly, your heart is like, soon you get out these four walls, soon you get out the church, soon you get out these settings, you're going about what you want. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah you, you don't, I have to command you. We've got to change your heart. Commanding your children will change their hearts. So again, verse 21, it says, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils. In thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. See, he is very clear about this, right? Because many are going to come back to the Lord and say, well, I've done this in your name. I've done that in your name. Right? I've done these religious activities in the name of the Lord. But the Lord said, but I never knew you. I never had your heart. I never knew you. You see, when we go back to what, what God gave a testimony about, about Abraham, he said, I know him. So does God know your children? Do your children know God? You don't want the Lord to come and say this about your child. I never knew him. And I never knew him because you never commanded them as a parent. You have to command, command your children. To get to their heart. It's a heart issue. It is always a heart issue. Again, that's the only way we can receive salvation. 
Our heart must first be changed. That's what the repentance is all about. I have to have a change of heart. If your heart is never changed, I don't know how you ever can say you saved. Because you have to have a heart of change. You have to recognize that you are guilty, that you are wrong, and that you need a Savior. Before anyone comes to tell you about who the Savior is, if you never realize that you are guilty, then how can you ever say you're saved? Because you have no reason to... You, hey, you are right in your mind. In other words, salvation is not a little ch- a ticky mark on my, my resume or my checklist. Okay, now I've done this. I got married. I got children. Oh, I got saved too. That's not how this works. Salvation is a change of heart. I realize that I went wrong towards God. I have sinned against God, and I need to be saved. And the only way I can receive salvation is receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of my sins. Get this, the forgiveness of my sins, what I have committed. Not what my parents did, not what my grandparents did, not what my siblings did, is what I have done. I am guilty of committing sin against God. See, that's how you command your children. Show them that they are guilty towards God. If not, God will, you know, Lord said, I never knew them. Even though they may do godly things, don't mean that they are godly children. Their heart has to be towards God. And as parents, you have to command them. I'm telling you, so, so go ahead and put up with that rebellion. It's okay. Parents, you know, that's why you're the parent and they're the child. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the, in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it out. And sometimes you've got to take out the literal rod to drive it out. That's okay. Right? Because we're going to drive out that foolishness out of your heart. Because the foolishness is bound in your heart. And I've got to drive it out. The rod of correction is truth. I'm going to drive out that, 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 that foolishness out of your heart from giving you, commanding you with the truth of God's word. That's how you drive it out. That's the rod of correction. It's the word of God. It's the truth that I'm going to give you. And it's going to change your heart. So that, that way your, your child won't be in this situation. And the Lord in verse 23 won't say to them, Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken to him until a wise man which built his house upon a rock. So that means it's not so much about hearing it as much as it is about doing it. But of course, you can't do it unless you hear it. I mean, it's amazing. It's a package deal. Right? You have to hear the word of God and then you have to apply it. You have to do it. And I'm going to tell you, when we talk about what do we teach our children, that's what we teach our children. You teach our children, hey, what I say is what you're going to do. You, you, you're showing them. Right? You're showing your children integrity. You're showing your children how to receive the commandments of God when you give them instructions and then you sh- make sure they are complete them. You have to do it. Again, going back to cleaning my room. Right? You, sh- you tell them to clean their room and you show them how to clean it. And then the expectation is, guess what? You're going to clean the room. I showed you the first time or the second time, but after that, my expectation is for you to clean your room. I'm not going to clean your room for you. You're going to clean that room. See, you're showing them how to apply what they've heard. And let me tell you, that's a lesson that's, that's lost in a lot of these, these times and these generations. Again, stop giving your, your children, you know, options about cleaning. Options about the, the, the commandments you're giving them. This is not a suggestion. It's not an option. You know, what I said, I meant. What I meant, I said. And show them that. That's commanding them. And then verse 25 says, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, 
and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain and, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that in that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And so when you see in this, this latter part of these scriptures, the rain and the winds both came to both these individuals, but those that were founded and established on a rock, they were able to endure it. But those that did not, it was a great fall they had. See, the trials of life was going to happen to your children. It's coming. Life will happen. Just like life happened for you, life is going to happen for your children. And if they are not established in the Word of God, then they will have a great fall. And what's going to be the great fall? They're going to fall away from truth. Now, they may, for the world, still be successful. They may, for the society, still do great things according to society. But where are they with God's Word and His truth? See, that's why I'm saying your teaching has to be so strong that when life happens for my children, they'll stay with truth. When disappointments happen in the lives of my children, they'll stay with truth. When hurts come in their life, they'll be able to stay with truth. They'll be able to endure the hurts and the pains of life and stay with God's truth. See, that's the difference between raising children versus commanding them. See, I've got to make sure they, i I got to command them. In other words, the, the raising part is fine. In other words, the, and again, I'm not trying to say something's wrong with raising your children. Understand that. They need to understand the trap. They need to understand the outward things as well. They need to understand how we conduct business. They need to understand what it means to be a Christian. Right? They, they need to understand these things. Again, that goes back to the standards. They need to know what the standard is. Right? So it's good that you've raised them, but if, if, if it's not with their heart being changed, then understand that there's something that is missing. And what's missing is you've got to command them. You've got to follow up. See, parenting is consistent work. It's continuous. There's, there's no clocking in and clocking out. There's, there's no like, oh, I'm done for the day. And I'm no, parenting is consistent. And now you see in the day and age we are in today, in a time where everybody's sheltered in place, you are constantly parenting. And I'm sure you're seeing like, wow, now, now you really appreciate your, the teachers in your school. You really appreciate uh, uh, the, the, the daycare centers and whatever. You appreciate those 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 uh, uh, administrators and those in those education levels because now you have to do that work. Now it's on you to make sure that your child is learning the material and then applying it. Stuff that you hadn't looked at in years. You see the purpose behind it. Like, oh, this is work. It's work. Parenting is work. While you're off going and getting your career, your child has to learn. And so now, you, now you're still trying to go off and get your career and your child's right there with you and you've got to teach them and learn because they still got to be educated. That's work. That's why I take advantage of the time now. Right? Even though we are in shelter in place, take advantage of the time. You know, don't be stuck in one room and your child in another room. Come together and teach. Spend time teaching them the Word of God. Truth. Spend time, open up your Bible with your children and talk to them about the things that you heard in these messages. Again, not only the ones I've taught, I'm talking the ones over a period of time. Bring purpose to your home. The purpose in God. Let them see how important it is for them to walk and follow after God all the days of their life. You know, your children should know there's nothing more important than God. There's nothing that takes priority 
above God. Nothing. Nothing in your life. No work, no money, no career, no education. Nothing takes priority over God. What do you mean by that? That means whatever God asks you to do, you should be able to do it. You, you shouldn't be, well, God asked me to do this, but I got, you know, I got to work. Or I got to do this. No, what God has asked you to do, you're going to do it. Because nothing takes priority over Him. And some of you may say, well, I don't understand it. Look at this in Matthew chapter 16. What our priorities should be. This is, this is things we need to teach our children. Matthew chapter 16. It says, verse 24. Matthew 16 and 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. He's letting you know right now the priority is not you, it is him. If you call yourself a follower of Christ, again, you call yourself one who is walking with God, my continued pursuit is after God, then that means I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up my cross. What does it mean to take up your cross? I'm going to endure life. I'm going to endure it. You know what I mean endure? I'm going to push you. Again, you know what? That's what your faith is for. Your faith is your trust in God to help you endure in the times when it's tough. That's when it's time to apply your faith. Faith is not for stuff and things. Faith is for you to endure life as life comes on to keep your faith and trust in God. My faith is in God. My trust is in the Lord. That's why I can take up the cross and endure. I can take up my cross and follow after Him. That's the priority. Verse 25. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. I mean, these things are, I mean, the scriptures are so plain. How can you miss this, right? He's telling you up front. Again, he's still talking to his disciples, those that claim to be followers of him. He said, why are you trying to save your life? If you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. Stop. We holding on to things we shouldn't be holding on to. What, what, what do we mean by our life? My life is found in Him. My life is found in Christ Jesus. I am complete in Jesus. My life is in Him. You know, the Bible says it's in Him that I move. It's in Him that I live. It's in Him that I have my very being, my very existence. Who I am is because of God. Understand this. God made you. Like I said before, you're not an accident. You're, you're here on purpose. You know, the earth didn't get start when you got here. The earth was already here when you got here. Right? In other words, you, you weren't the one that, okay, now we can begin because you are on the scene. No. It's all about God and His plan and His purpose. So my life is in Him. So whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Stop trying to save your life. It's not your own. You've been bought with a price. And that price is the blood of Jesus to save you and cleanse you. So, why you, so you need to start denying yourself. That's what it means by denying yourself. Stop trying to save your life. You're going to lose it. Stop holding on to things that are materialistic, things that's going to bring you hurts and pains down the line. You'll see it. You may not see it now. You probably won't see it now. But later on, the hurts and the pains will be, going back to what we said before, you, because of this, you, your life is messed up. It's some choice of all decisions that you make. Decisions you make now, you won't see it, but it's the, it's the back end that's going to catch you. And then, and then for, and because it was so much time has elapsed, you won't even go back and realize it because of that decision you made on that day caused you the, the consequences of what's going on now. But as parents, you know. 
parents, you can, that's why parents, you have to teach your children. You have to show them that, hey, look, there are consequences to your decisions. Consequences. You're going to pay for those decisions you made. You're not going to get away with anything. There's consequences for that. There's consequences for your rebellion. There's consequences. And once those consequences come, and this is the thing about consequences. You know, we can't pick the consequence. We can't say, okay, I'm going to do this rebellion and I want this consequence. That's not how this works. It's not. And we would love to do that. And in our minds, we think, oh, I did this wrong. And then when the consequence comes, we think, oh, that's a penalty. No, that's just the beginning of the penalty. You, you don't even understand the depth of the, of the penalty that's coming from the consequences you have. It, it's something that goes on and on and on. The, the Bible talks about David, how David committed a sin with Bathsheba. And the Bible says that the sword shall never leave his house. He is still paying for the consequences of his sin with Bathsheba. It said the sword shall never leave his house. He lost multiple children from that one act of disobedience. In our mind, we think, okay, I can just, and Lord, if I'm, if, okay, this is the consequence, I'm fine, I, I, can, I can handle that happening. No, you can't. You don't know what the consequences are. And they are devastating. Not only to your life, but to the lives of your generations to come. We're still paying for the consequences that some of our, our forefathers made. But that's okay because we made our own consequence. We've done things we shouldn't have did. Can't blame them. So again, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited? For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? This is something you must teach your children. And that's why I'm saying about there is nothing more important than God. What can I profit in this world, this whole world that I can gain that's worth me losing my own soul? Nothing. My eternal soul where I'm going to spend eternity with should be only focused on Jesus Christ alone. That should be my priority. Because one day, like I said, you're going to give an account for every deed you've done in this flesh. You have to stand before the living God and give an account for every work, every deed, every action you've done in this flesh. You've got to give an account for that. And nothing's worth me exchanging what I've gained in this world for my eternal soul to be in damnation. Nothing. And that's what you've got to teach your children. We're talking about your eternal soul. That's why you can put up with a little rebellion. I can put up with a little talking back, even though, I'm, I'm a, even though I know how to deal with people, you know, children talking back to me as well. Right? You know, you got to correct those things. But, I'm, I, but as a parent, I'm not going to get caught up with that because I'm thinking about your eternal soul. See, you as a child, you don't see that. And what I mean by a child, you can be 30 years old as a child. You don't see what I see in your eternal soul is going to be damaged by this. I'm care for your eternal soul. That's why I'm going to command you and your generation to make sure that your eternal soul stays with God. Because one day you're going to answer to Him. I'm going to have to answer to Him. We all going to have to stand before the living God and answer to Him. See, that's what we have to teach our children. There's consequences. And you're going to give an account before God. You know, in other words, there's going to be a judgment day coming for all of us. And every deed we've done in this flesh. We've got to give an answer for it. And I'm going to tell you, when you stand before God, God says everything before Him is open and naked. He, you know, I love, God already knows the answer. So what I mean by that, God already, you cannot give God no excuses at that time. Like God doesn't know. 
God knows your background. God knows your family. God knows your family history better than you do. Right? God knows all the lies that we even told to you, and you think your family is one way. And God, like, no, I'm, I'm a, you want to tell you about? I'm gonna tell you about your family. I'm gonna tell you what they did. I'm gonna tell you about how they were. Right? God knows. You don't even know. And you're gonna stand before God and blame your family for why you did what you did. No, God, like, please, you made those choices. Stop blaming your family. You made choices. Because God's going to remind you of these days when the Word of God came to you to provide you truth that you should have made a change and you did not. God's going to show you how you refused to receive truth. And that's how come now you're going to receive the consequences for your disobedience. See, that's what you've got to teach your children. Rebellion, disobedience, we cannot have... I've got to obey God. Commanding God, I mean, being, uh, uh, obeying God means that what God has given me and revealed to me, I'm going to obey it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the will of the Father. And as a parent, I'm going to make sure my children know what the will of the Father is and that they shall do it. And stay with it even, in, even when my time on this earth is long gone. So they will never exchange their soul for anything this world has to offer. That's how strong my teaching has to be to my children, to command them in their generation. Amen? All right, family. Love you much. You can be dismissed. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.